0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day Uh, recording Tuesday night for your Wednesday episode. I don't think much else is going on. Is anybody doing anything? Has anybody got anything going on right now? I was just kind of curious about that. Um, Obviously, everybody, look, I just look, as I told you all last night, I don't, at the end of the day, care about who you essentially vote for. Use your platform, use your opportunity, go vote. Uh, try to make a difference Um, because guess what? You can't sit around for the next four years and complain if you didn't try to make a difference. We're going to sit down here today with John Costco, talk some PFF grades. We'll talk a little bit about the quiet trade deadline, which I think we tried to tell you last night was going to be a possibility. Um, Browns were maybe interested in in some things, you know, maybe home run acquisitions. Um, Otherwise they were maybe yard sailing or antiquing. They were not, you know, Uh, Out power shopping, so to speak. Uh, Today's episode of Locked on Browns is brought to you by the fine folks at Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for... Game day, no matter how you watch. As you guys know, I love my 12-ounce jolt right before kickoff. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Like I said, from PFF, Mr. John Costco going to be along for the ride today. Um, John, and this is where, you know, and look, everything just gets so misconstrued. As far as, you know, what people think they see, what people actually see, and as far as what actually happened on a game day. Um, a lot of after, oh, Baker Mayfield, Baker mad dot, dot, da um, the offensive line, this, that, and the other thing. But you look at at the end of the day, this offense, and, you know, I, I hate because we've kind of done away with this anti-Jarvis Landry campaign here on Lockdown Browns. Um, but you hear things, oh, well, this was Baker's completion percentage. Uh, this is how many incompletions he had. Um, and then, you know, it's like, it just nobody will want to bring up the fact that, you know, number 80 did however, any way you want to slice it, drop two touchdown passes.
1: Hey, you have five drops in the game total. Um, all drive killers, you know? So I mean like Baker, Baker didn't play like exceptionally well, but it's not like he, he lost the game for the Browns and, when you can't sustain drives and then your defense can't take, get the other ponies using offense off the field and, and you only end up the game with six drives and you know, you're, you're likely not going to win, win that game. So um, yeah, I mean, the, the, this is a game that I almost just, you almost have to throw out in terms of like the past game stuff because of how, I mean, how ridiculous that game, that weather was. Like, I don't know if you can really take anything away from it, Um, because of how bad the weather was, but, um, you know, I think both quarterbacks played as about as well as they could in the conditions. Um, and you know, the the receivers on both sides let them down, obviously the, but the one, the one that mattered is Hunter Renfro was able to, maybe he was able to hang on to it. I don't know. There was no view to (laughs) really kind of give you the, the clear view of, did he bobble it as it hit the ground? Um, and there was a clear view that Jarvis did so. Um, yeah, the receivers got to do a better job, and it's kind of like reminiscent of when the um, you know in the, the first like five or six games that Baker played in his rookie year, where we were grading Baker really highly, um, but it you know his completion percentage wasn't great, and it was mainly because they, he had led the NFL in, in drops. So um, five drops in this game is they're killers, so that they, That's Kind of, a, kind of, why they lost this game, and then you add on the fact that that uh, Harrison Bryant fumbled it too. So,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, sir, that certainly didn't help. And and you look, you talk to anybody who plays this game, and look, the way clothing is now, um, everyone will tell you, um, look, I don't care what the temperature is, you can give me single digits, I'll find the right stuff to put on my body to make sure I can make it through. There's nothing you can do to account for when the winds are gusting upwards to 35, 40 miles an hour. There's nothing you can do. And it's not a whether or not you're cold thing. It's how you can play the game. And you saw this with both teams. Uh, you know, Vegas actually took the one shot early to rugs. And then it was play, both teams like that, like, okay, so we're playing essentially seven on seven on a 20-yard field. This is all we got. Uh, we can't go any further than this. So, And that was the most frustrating thing. So it was as hard as it is, is to throw in wind like that and have Baker – Get five drops. It's like, guys, look, it's hard enough as it is for me to get you the ball and give you an opportunity to catch it with the weather the way it is. The offensive line is doing a thing. We need, 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 need these receptions. John. And one other thing that I took away from Sunday was is – and look, you may get one weather game like this maybe every two seasons. They're obviously more prevalent late November, December, January. But this is a game where maybe 24 – could have been really, really huge.
1: Well, so I'm going to add on White Teller with that because uh, of course White White Teller in the run game is an absolute mauler, um, and that and just his presence in that run game really helps out things. And so having yes having having Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to be able to run the ball would have been would have been great because Nick Chubb he, he's a, he's a great running back. He's one of the best in the NFL. So. Um, having that plus wide teller problem and, and also Austin Hooper is another thing too. Great. He's a great blocker as well. So in a game like this, um, you know, and we talk about at PFF, like oh the the running game doesn't matter and blah, blah, blah. Well, it, there are situations where you need to be able to run the ball and that game was mm-hmm. one of them. And um, with without your best offensive lineman and the best running back in the NFL and one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL, that's gonna hurt that's gonna hurt a lot so it could have helped uh, especially in the short yardage situations to, to get those first downs um, but at the end of the day really I, th- I think it was those drops but yes the those guys being out really kind of hurt this game and it's potential you know you have to why uh, Nick Chubb wasn't expected to come back White teller I think was a guy that if this was a playoff game he's probably playing um, that type of situation same with Austin Hooper but you know you can't fault the 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 staff for making sure these guys are healthy.
0: And this is the second week in a row we've had this from the staff where um you know they they go careful over cautious and from a little birdie, um there was the strong possibility that Wyatt Teller um probably was able to go on Sunday. Um, but you know, again, uh, you want the back when you you want when you get the back, you want the back for the rest of the season. Um, John, anything surprise you? Um, we knew this Raiders defensive line didn't really supply much pass rush. The Browns offensive line was able to you know hold out on that. They actually did lose a, another pl- a member of the defensive line during that game on Sunday. Um, and we'll get to the defense here, guys. You know the drill. Which on offense, defense, and then obviously we'll talk about trade deadline and you know by week coming here and all that type of good stuff here. Um, anything, any takeaway, um, you know, and the other thing is, you know, Dearness Johnson, we always thought maybe the Browns were going to try to continue with, you know, at least some sort of a two running back feature. So maybe you could have Kareem on the field with another running back and use him in different ways. But it seemed really vanilla as far as Kareem Hunt, where it's, you know, he's just been the feature back while, you know, Nick is out. Which hurts because Kareem is a lot more than just that.
1: Yeah, it would have been nice to, you know, do up some more exotic stuff or just screen game the screen game for uh, Kareem Hunt. Get him out in open space. Get those linemen out in front of him to help him block. Um, but yeah, the, the Raiders, yeah, the Raiders pass rush they they really don't have much of a pass rush. So like most teams have like their best weeks of the year against them because they they struggle in that regard. Um, but you're talking about so like the Browns offensive line gave up. Zero pressures in this game on thirty dropbacks. Um, Their gr- the grade for the that was ninety five point nine. This is the second highest graded pass protection game we've ever had at the P- in PFF. So think about that. Since two thousand six, this was and from a pass protection standpoint, they gave Baker clean pocket after clean pocket. The only times he ever got pressured were when on on rollouts and they had it. It was designed. You uh, schemed up that, or whatever that there, you left an unblocked guy on the, on the line of scrimmage, or whatever. Um, the only other time it was better uh, was actually in 2013, the Browns in Week 15 against the Bears. Um, you know, lo and behold, Browns Browns offensive line has actually been really excellent for uh, a decade plus. You know, once Joe Thomas got there, and um, there was a obviously a, a couple year hiccup or whatever, but after he left, but um, yeah, I mean, offensive line—you you have to lean on these guys because they are that good. They need to get better in that run game, and I think why Teller coming back will be get them back to what they were in early year, early season. Though you also look at too that you know most of the opponents that they've had in the second quarter of the year are better than what they had in the first quarter. So, um, yeah, it'd been nice to get more Cream Hunt more involved in the pass game because he is really good in the pass game.
0: It's you know versatility like that, i mean it it just it's you know it, it it's it's just paramount at the running back position in the NFL the way it is. um and it obviously hurts Kareem and then you get blokes, you know with uh, you know Kareem Hunts not doing his job da, 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 da and also you're not keeping in mind that this team is also without Wyatt teller. Uh, we're gonna get to the defensive side of the ball here with John. Um, And this is where maybe, you know, and look, we've had our question marks on that side of the ball. And this is maybe what makes you a little bit nervous going into the second half of the season. Um, Because, you know, for the offense, there's players coming back, not so much on the defensive side of the ball. This football season will be different. And again, Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Look, guys, you know, I've always been home in front of the TV. But you folks who like to be in the stadiums or you like to go meet your friends. At the bars, have appetizers, have some drinks. Um, everybody just be patient. Um, and Hopefully we can get back to it sooner than later. Pepsi, though, is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. Again, it is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from. Pepsi. John, now when Pete and I had sat down and talked about this on the pregame show, we had talked about one of the things you didn't want to get into with the Raiders was a game where it was late in the third quarter or late in the fourth quarter where the Raiders were able to use their big offensive line, which Trent Brown was not part of, and I think they were in another position where they were rotating out whatever was left the tackle position, similar to what the Bengals were the week before. Um, Josh Bacon, Josh Jacobs is good in this scenario, um, you know, power runner that type of thing, and you falls after contact for extra yards. And this is one thing that did him in. And look, as times where this defensive line can look like it is, and Olivier Vernon, you know, obviously had himself a nice day on Sunday. Miles um, Garrett dinged up, uh, but you have a defensive tackles, and you're starting defensive tackles, they're more athletic, I would say, than they are strong as far as they are holding up, you know, uh, to the point of contact from blocking, being able to withstand blocking. And this became an issue, and you kind of got nickled and dimed down the end, and you certainly don't have the greatest linebacking unit. Um, it, it, I don't even know how you would grade a secondary in a day like this, because most of the stuff was, you know, obviously short and underneath. But, you know, if there's something that you take away as somebody who's going to play the Browns in the next couple of weeks, you look at this defensive line, you look at this linebacker unit and say, hey, look, maybe we don't have to go too crazy. Um, If we got it back, we trust. If we got an offensive line, we think that can, you know, run block might be a key for us to uh, roll out of any game with the Cleveland Browns with a W. Yeah,
1: it's unfortunate right now. Um, They got pushed around against a tattered-up offensive line for sure. You know, you look at – their season grades coming into this in terms of their run blocking ability. Um, they they came off a Buccaneers game where they were 41.4 Kansas City Chiefs game where they're 59.6, um, 51.5 against the Bills. And then, you know, we saw what they did against the Browns. And part of that is Josh Jacobs was running extremely well. and He hadn't been all year, um, which is interesting to look at. You know, you, you look at his last year, he was over three and a half yards per contact after, you know, after contact per attempt. This year he's at 2.7, but he just he just ran all over the Browns in this game, making guys miss in the hole um always getting those extra yards. And Larry Oganjobi was just getting shoved off the line. Um, he's a guy that I've said for a couple of years now he's he's not that good. Um his grade in this game kind of shows it a run defense grade 29.9. Um Sheldon Richardson we saw on a couple of plays got got bullied too he was at a 60.3 but you know we saw we saw there's there's a handful of plays there where he was getting shoved back into the linebackers and part of it like the linebacker group is not great so we already know this but those those guys up front need to be better so that it can help them out and they definitely did not do that so it's just a snowballing effect when those guys are getting shoved into them they're they don't really have a clean opportunity to go get the the running back and then the running back is you know running running getting six yards a pop which is If you're running six yards a pop, you just keep doing it. And you can't, if you can't, like we say, PFF, we also say like the run game doesn't matter. It's like stopping to run doesn't matter either because everybody can stop to run. But like, if you have a game where you can't stop to run, then it's like demoralizing. It really is. And it was demoralizing really to, to be able to watch that. Um, And so they need to get better up front. You know, Porter Gustin was a, was a bright spot in this game. Um, You know, 77.0. 77.0 77.0 at run defense. Uh, Olivier Vernon had a really good game, even not just as that pass rusher. We all know about the two sacks, but he had a 76.3 in, in run game. So, um, but across the board, yeah, that the the defense was just needs to get better. And uh, you know, I get I, I get that there's injuries and stuff like that, and but they, you know, it's a more of like a pride thing of like just not getting worked over like that. And so they just need to get they need to get better. Um, there's really no other. Way about it, and Larry. I think Larry's a guy that people, for whatever reason, people in, in Cleveland love him, but he's he's not it. And I, I, he's going to walk after this year, and you know he's he's going to have those flash in the pan type games and stuff like that. But for, on the whole, he's he's a guy that grades in the mid fifties mid, mid on a regular basis. Um, right now, he's at a fifty four point six. So there you go.
0: Speaking of things that are not it, John. Um, and we've talked about this last year, um, and I think it's safe to go back to this and apparently now it's okay to say this when apparently we all tried to say this you know when he was drafted in the fifth round, um, and we tried to tell people if the A on his helmet stood for Akron, not Alabama, you people wouldn't give a flying hoot about this pick. things that aren't it. number fifty one and look, I, I mean, and I will still go look i I like Mac Wilson the person. I think he's dedicated. I think he has the want to be great. But look, John, you play college football. I played college football. We had the want to be great. But there comes a time, look, it's it stinks because he seems like a really good kid. And he seems like he's really wants it. But guess what? I don't mean a hill of beans at this level. And number 51, number 51 just just ain't it. There's just no way around it.
1: No. Uh, so, just to let people know, uh, his grade in this game was a
0: 27.2. If you add him and Larry together, they still are like 20, 20 points short of passing.
1: Um, so, in thinking, oh, no, this is a bad game or whatever. No. He, against Pittsburgh, he was a 37.3. Against Cincinnati, he was a 39, 32.9. So, his grade for the year is a 29.1. This is, I mean, I get that he's coming off an injury, but last year he was a forty-one point eight. Okay, so like, like everybody that loved Mac Wilson because he had he he like had this one preseason game where it just looked like he was the all-world
0: steal against the quarterback the right now who was being shopped today for day three picks that didn't even suffice. But go ahead. Who
1: who was the quarterback?
0: Dwayne Haskins.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. What I a mean, <laughs> He so like Mac Wilson. There's a reason why he went in the fifth round. He was a mediocre athlete <laughs> at Alabama, and Alabama, like Alabama, like um, the lo- middle linebackers, they feast, and he didn't. Um, and there's a reason why Nick Saban said, "No, you need to stay another year." But he defied that and went, and then got drafted in the fifth round, and clearly is not the guy for the position. So the rounds have some work to do at the linebacker position for sure. Um, I, I still do like Sione Takitaki. Taki. Um, he's not great, but he's better than Mac Wilson. Um, you know, you look at Mac, Sione Takitaki, Taki, he, he has two grades at seven. He had a 78 and, a, and an 82, uh, back in the weeks, five and six, his grade for the season though is a 57, um, which is obviously not good but i think and he's an explosive athlete and stuff like that that can could maybe find a role for maybe rushing the passer a lot more than what he does um, cuz that's he is good at that but yeah the, the they need a they need an influx of talent at that position for sure and, Ma- and malcolm malcolm smith has has had been good up until this game but um yeah there's they they'll be searching for for that position in the draft i i believe
0: uh, they'll be searching for it anywhere. And look, this was a game where, and this is not where you point the finger at Malcolm Smith. Um, if you got gouged by the run, you know, and if Malcolm Smith had a you know bad run performance, that's somebody's here for. It's not essentially what he is here for. Um, and it's pretty sad that the Browns' best linebacker this season was brought in like August twenty second or twenty third, whatever day it was. Um, look, they tried to go the simple, easy route at linebacker. and kind of bit him in the ass. But look, guys, like we said, look, I never agreed with it. And, you know, everybody, oh, well, you said this should sign Joe Schobert, Yes, because I thought Joe Schobert was a good player. I never agreed with the kind of punt on linebacker, which is what they did. So if you want to complain about it week in, week out, yes, that's fine. But in the grand scheme of things, they're five and three. They had to evaluate Baker Mayfield. So they had to make the uh, moves they did on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they obviously had a lot of faith in Grant uh, Grantell, but they obviously had a lot of faith in Jacob Phillips, maybe for more as rookies. Um, and look, it, it, to say the injuries bit him in the ass, yeah, it maybe it bit him in the ass a little bit. Uh, they're going to get Phillips back. They've really only lost one significant player for the year, and they did bring in Ronnie Harrison, and you all seem really excited about Ronnie Harrison. So the Andrew Berry, you know, t you know, pissed on the grave party, just stop with that nonsense. I ain't having it. Certainly not having it. We'll get to a little of the trade deadline, which was, you know, obviously quite a quiet one. Uh, interesting name released today. We'll get John's thoughts on that. A little bit more coming here on your Wednesday, Locked on Browns. The improved Billpar is even deliciouser. Uh, the 18 amazing flavors with consisting now of six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Some of your original favorites, German chocolate, peanut butter, and banana bread. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, and they are easy to chew. A built bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories. Four grams of sugar, four grams net carb. For the time being, go to builtbar dot com. Use the promo code locked on. All caps, no space, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for twenty twenty percent off at builtbar.com. John, um we, we talked about this over the summer um, when we thought maybe there was an abundance of depth at the cornerback position, and there was maybe some places where the Browns weren't as deep. Um, trade deadline was here today. Um, one of the bigger rooms was maybe uh, bigger rumors was maybe you were changing, uh, chasing a name, you know, just uh, such as Justin Simmons, um, and maybe you're, you were looking for foundational pieces. Um, this is when you are dealing with analytic people, you are not going to get them off of their belief of analytics and all of the effort they put into a two, three-year plan. Nobody's going to say, hey, we're five and three. F everything we did. if all the numbers, all the work that all the bean counters did. We're going to go out and I want to go big game hunting and we'll chase Julio Jones and we'll chase the biggest contracts This is not the way these people work. Yes, some names were attractive. Justin Simmons, but you look at what this defense wants to do. They want to be a three-safety-pronged approach. You got Grant Delpit coming back. You have Ronnie Harrison, who turns out to be maybe a really nice move for them. A guy like Justin Simmons, first things first, if anybody wasn't interested in a guy like Justin Simmons, maybe you want to check your front office on that. But, John, analytic people are not going to just – change course two months later, two months, because this is when we talked about this in August, two months later, analytic people are just not going to throw all of this research data and everything they've done and just open up the window and say, you know what? If I get this guy, we're better than the chiefs. It's not going to work that way. It's not. What are you talking about?
1: Why didn't they go get, why didn't they go get uh Julio Jones or something like that? I don't get it. Um. Yeah. I mean, really, they have a plan. Like, if this was if this, if this was John Dorsey, not the, the crap on John Dorsey like we've had before, but and had it been John Dorsey, he would have been trying to find, like, a big splash trade partner or something yes, like that. Yes,
0: 2018 was nice, but you want to know what? Now all of a sudden we're going to hit the accelerator because we won some games. 2019, maybe we're hosting playoff games. Don't vey from what your plan is. You put it in place. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you you have a plan. And you're not going to pick up guys like the trade deadline. You're, you're a lot of guys that are being shopped are the ones that are up for free agency in in five months. So you're not going to get a guy that's that you're you're going to rent for just a couple months to hopefully get to the playoffs and then you have a roster that's not good enough to actually compete for a Super Bowl. Um, because look, I mean, if anybody looks at this Browns team and thinks that they are a Super Bowl contender, they're they're lying to themselves. Um, the defense needs a lot of work. We see that the, the things are get are good on the offense, but then there's weeks where you go, you put up six, seven, six. I mean, you don't Super Bowl teams don't put up six, seven, six, and multiple times in a season. It can happen once, not multiple times in a season. So one player isn't going to fix all the problems. Now, if it would have been a guy like a Justin Simmons who who likely would have been here for? Hey, they're gonna they're gonna bring him in and then extend him immediately. That that would be a different different scenario, but that's what they'd be looking for in a trade deadline at the tra- you know uh, in a trade at the trade deadline because that is what their mindset is. It's not a fix it now patch and play type thing. They're looking for long term young talent to to have on this roster for several seasons. And you know Justin Simmons was potentially available, didn't happen, and that was you know probably all there else they're looking at. They may have been looking at like some mid-tier wide receivers, maybe like a Josh Reynolds or something like that, but you know it's then they weren't going to blow everything up just to try to make sure they get to the playoffs this year. If they don't make the playoffs, like getting the playoffs is awesome. That's obviously what you want to do. If they don't, it's not the end of the world, but you can clearly see the progress that this team has already made just in in the first half of the season. So, I think I think that this the schedule plays it out that they should be able to still make up make the playoffs. Um, but they this analytically fronted you know minded front office is not gonna throw away the future just for rental pieces.
0: no, I mean it's look and it's like anybody who's ever spent any time in the kitchen it's you know it's like, oh well, it takes you you know four hours to make your spaghetti sauce Chef boyard is ready in ninety seconds well no it, it, I, I, if I wanted crap, we'll <laughs> do a crap effort um if <sighs> I want a real result and I want a you know a real successful run, guess what? I make that good sauce. Uh, I can have it next Sunday. Um I froze some, I can have it two weeks from now. Um look, the smart the smart people just aren't gonna change off of a whim. Um John, um just a couple of names out there. And look, Trade deadline is now passed. One of these guys was released. Uh one of these guys obviously has seen Better Days and it's been a while since he's seen Better Days. Um but we're not denying anything. And I uh, and I'll be honest on the offensive side of the ball I don't think or see anybody coming in and making a huge difference. But just a couple of names that are currently available that catch my eye. Dontario Poe, defensive tackle. And now the San Francisco 49ers today released Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis is interesting. Um, For me, I I can understand why he is out in San Francisco. He just does not fit what they do. They either want the pure burner to open things up for their tight ends, or they want these bigger physical wide receivers who can double as yak guys, even running backs, whether it's Devo, Samuel, whether it's Iuke. Um Pettis has been lost there for almost a year and a half now. Just some interesting names. Just getting some thoughts here from you, buddy.
1: Yeah, Dante Pettis, um, the issue with him in San Francisco is I, th- I don't think he could pick up the playbook. Um, I think that's what the – what I heard out of there and what the, you know, you listen to some of the press conferences that Kyle Shanahan would have and talk about him a little bit is that he would, he wouldn't be in the right places when he needed to be. So like for, for a guy like that, he's not a guy, like if he couldn't pick up that playbook, which would be pretty similar to the one that you'd be getting in in Cleveland. I don't know if I'd be interested in that type of guy, right? Like I want guys that just can, can, you know, run the right routes and be where you're expected to be. Cause we saw what happened last year. When guys weren't running the right routes, and it was a train wreck, so um, I would be, pass on him. Don Terry Poe would be a guy that could be interesting just to help for that rotation. I, I think he's, he's definitely past his prime, uh, but he's 30 years old, um, obviously a monster, monster human being, and you'd want him in there for rundowns for sure. But his you know, look at his grades in the past couple of years, he was you know goes from a 70 to a 67 to a 71, but then this year he's at a 55 so he's definitely taken a, a a steep decline there though 55 is still better than the 29 that Larry Ogunjobi's putting up so that would be an upgrade um and I, he's another body that you can have in there that would definitely help to at least not just get pushed around um like you like like they they you saw on, on Sunday so um they if they're going to if they're going to bring somebody in you know it's going to be you know one of these guys that were just recently cut they have to, i know Vic beasley was another guy that was cut today he has to go through waivers so it's he's not a he's not a guy that i mean if they can get him for a cheap sure why not he's he's an athletic dude that you can put in their rotation or whatever i don't think he's a very good pass rusher i know that um you know former first rounder but Yeah, there's a reason why he he wasn't he was cut. So, um, there's a reason why all these guys are cut. They they, they're underperforming what they were expected to do this year. So, uh, any of these guys they bring in are just basically veteran pieces that can help, just help patch things up a little bit.
0: And the thing, and this is where you know, and with everybody who seems to be getting down on what Andrew Berry's lack of involvement as far as this, the Browns, and I keep reiterating this. Everybody else has lost a significant amount of talent. And I'll go back to the Dallas Cowboys. The Browns lost Grant Delpit. They acquired Ronnie Harrison. Everybody else is coming back. So it's not like Madden where you're going to create a player to cover you for two weeks or you're going to make a trade. It's real life. And part of this is they have depth. Yes, they're not. Chris Hubbard is not going to be a star week in, week out. Um, you know, and when you go against some teams that are a little bit better, you're going to see these flaws. But you're just not going to be great everywhere, John. This is not the way this works. You have you know, a, a you know certain amount of people. You have a salary cap to work with. You're not the New York freaking Yankees where you know oh well we lost a guy so we'll go pick up a couple hundred million dollar contracts to cover this. This is not the way it works in the NFL. And you look at you know, they brought in Ronnie Harrison. And at the time, they really weren't sure of anything of Joseph and Sendejo. And that really looked as a huge CYA, cover my ass type of move because he's turned out to be the best safety they have on the roster. Um, Kevin Johnson, Terrence Mitchell. I mean, we don't know what they thought of Greedy Williams, but here we are, you know, closer to Thanksgiving than we are when, you know, Greedy Williams initially had a day to day injury with his shoulder. They've done a fantastic job. And you're just because, you know, something is lacking, look, linebacker, we can always go to that. But you're never going to be perfect everywhere. And at the end of the day, everybody's collecting a paycheck. Step the hell up. Yeah.
1: Um, you look at you look at the defense right now, right? So obviously Miles Garrett's the best player, he's great in how high. He actually hasn't played all that well in the last four weeks. And I know this is gonna maybe uh people are gonna argue this or whatever. Um but in the first four games of the season – let me just pull this up real quick because I didn't have it up. But in the first four games of the season, he had 29 or 28 pressures. In the last four games, he's had 11 pressures. So he's slowed down significantly in terms of just getting pressure. Part of that is how teams scheme against him, realizing Olivier Vernon's no longer what he used to be. Uh, Sheldon Richardson's not getting after the quarterback like he used to. Larry What's the first part
0: get- of the game plan? Don't let 95 kill us.
1: Right. So, you know, you look at, he had a, obviously the first four games a year, he was just wrecking everything. And he does get these stripped sacks. Um, but like, that's not sustainable. It really is not sustainable. You can't, you can't rely on that. So you got to got have to have got other guys step up. And so you really are as good as your weakest link. And the weakest link for the Browns right now are, are the, the linebackers, Andrew Sandejo and the interior defensive line. So the rest of the defensive line, actually, besides Miles Garrett. Um, so when, if you're able to bring in guys that just get you to an average level and depth, right? And this is a part of what John Durst did is he kind of stripped out that middle group. And why keep you when you continually change regimes? Like they try to build up that middle tier, that middle talent of your roster. That middle talent of your roster is super important because it really makes up the majority of your roster. You have, obviously, some superstars, and you need to be able to expand that middle talent. Um, and the Browns are kind of you know, lacking in that regard right now. You have, after Miles Garrett, Ronnie Harrison's next highest graded, Denzel Ward, Sheldrick Redwine. Our our man there. He's he's been playing well. He's not good as a run defender. He's to stay deep. He's coverage grade of 79. Um, Malcolm Smith, who who was obviously like we and then uh, talked about already, and did Terrence Mitchell. So those are your top six guys on defense. And you need and that's great, but you also need to stop having busts in the secondary because part of that the reason why they keep getting torched. And they've kind of actually shored that up in the past couple weeks. Um, but they need the rest of the defense to be better because if, when you get guy like Mac Wilson, whose coverage grade is 35 or when you have MJ Stewart out there, who's a 31 or Andrew Sandejo, who's out there every single play at a 41, they pick on those people and all they have to do is shred those guys apart and you're going to give up big yards. So, um, you avoid Denzel Ward, you avoid Terrence Mitchell and, and things, things are easy for the other, the opposing offense. So, um, yeah, the, the, the guys wait, Tom, that are... So you're
0: saying one guy? What? Wait a minute. But everybody said if they just picked up one guy, it was going to make a difference. Oh, so man. wait a minute. Is- it's not just one guy.
1: No. There's I mean, there's not. It's not just one guy. You have to have everybody... Like, the run game. <laughs> like You have to fill in every single gap. A gap is not filled. The running back kicks that gap, and boom, he's hitting <laughs> off 10 yards. You know? Like, that's what it is. Like it's a team game. So defense especially. Like, You can in offense you can you can hide some inefficiencies. You can you can definitely do that. You cannot do that on defense because the offense dictates everything. They go, hmm, that safety is weak. Let's run posts at him all the time. Well, let's let's run two posts at him and see if which one he screws up on and we'll go hit the other one, right? So it's it's really kind of you know, from an offensive perspective, it's it's easy to find the weak points. And when you have multiple weak points, it's like, all right. Let's go at this guy. Let's go at this guy. Let's go at that guy. Over and over and over, and that's how you can't get off the
0: field. Understood. Understood. And that's where you, that's how you get into these situations, um, guys. It's always a blast with John, and for maybe a big woosah before what the rest of whatever Tuesday night, eleven three election day will bring. Um, bye week. Um, everybody enjoy it. Um, For anybody who needs to, if you need to be quiet, we won't tell anybody it's bye week, so you don't get a honey do list on Sunday or you got to go do one of those weird fall activities. So just if you got to play it off, guys, I got you, I got you back on that. All right, he is John Costa. (laughs) John will be pretty busy. John will be pretty busy. Uh, Me, I'm going to be finding some way to pretend that uh, the Browns are playing and you know smack some desks and yell some things, and hopefully everybody will trust me. They won't know otherwise. Um, but this has been On Browns, uh, John Costco over at PFF, obviously, uh, the crew over there and John in particular, obviously do a fantastic job and we always appreciate getting John on here with his insight. And you can always tell it's not just so much technical as much as it is. There's a little bit of a fandom and aggravation at times of just what's going on. And damn it. It needs to be better. Uh, so make sure you follow now, uh, following at John Costco three, uh, the show itself, uh, at On Browns, always follow back account. PMs are open personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd um questions ideas for the show especially where we're going to get some episodes here to fill in the bye week uh go ahead and feel free to send over any dms in as far as that capacity you guys know that um look uh at the end of the day look um whatever happens when we all wake up tomorrow later tonight um love you all um look at the end of the day it should always be the same thing strive to be a better person Hopefully strive for a better country because anybody and most likely most of the people listen to the show, you're married. You got kids. Um, this is about the next 10 years. Find a way to cope, deal. And look, at the end of the day, guess what? We're all getting up. We're all going to work and we're all you know, finding a way to get through day by day. Um, other than that, you guys know I ain't going to push anything as, as far as this front. But it is election day. Um, hope everybody exercised their right. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.